The Everyday Style School podcast is brought to you by our collection of capsule guides and style masterclasses. Maybe you're struggling with creating a style that really feels like you, or maybe you're overwhelmed by your overstuffed closet, or maybe you just want an easy, done-for-you wardrobe plan. Whatever you need, we've got a solution for you. Head over to youreverydaystyle.com and use code PODCAST at checkout to take 20% off of your next purchase. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at youreverydaystyle.com. Hello, gorgeous. You're listening to the Everyday Style School podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Mary, and I've been dressing real women just like you for over 20 years. Now I'm on a mission to teach women around the world how to create easy, effortless style without confusion and overwhelm. If you're ready to create a wardrobe you love and feel confident every day so you can live the life you want, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey, Style Sister, welcome back to the Everyday Style School podcast. Whether you are on a walk, folding laundry, or driving to work, thank you for listening to the show and sharing your day with me. Today, we've got a short and sweet episode for you, and you're actually going to hear a few of these short and sweet lessons from Linda episodes this summer. I'm doing this new thing called taking it easy and enjoying the summer with my kids. I didn't want to just take a two-month break altogether. So over the course of the next couple months, I'm going to be sharing some interviews with you that I hope you love and some of these lessons from Linda, which I know you love. If you're new, Lessons from Linda is when I share my stories of actual clients that I've worked with, whether in person or online, or conversations I've had, anything style-related that has lessons you can use to make style easier and more fun for yourself. Now, you might be asking yourself, who the heck is Linda? She keeps talking about Linda. Who's Linda? And I don't think we've talked about who Linda is for a while. So let me fill you in on that if you're confused. Linda is the name that I use to protect the innocent, so to speak. Linda means pretty in Spanish. And I think all of my clients and all of you listeners are beautiful, beautiful women. So there's that. But it's also an homage to the woman who gave me the kick in the pants that I needed to start my business. After I gave a talk to a mom's group on dressing your body shape, this Linda asked me if I would go shopping with her or help her in her closet. I had been asked that question so many times over the years, but something about the way Linda asked just hit different for me. And I realized that people weren't asking to feed my ego. They were asking because they were struggling and they wanted help. So the light bulb went off in my head and I started my business that same weekend. So... Thank you to the OG Linda and all of my Lindas. Let's get to it. Today's Linda called me, as so many do, because she had a closet full of clothes and was completely overwhelmed by it. I could tell right away that this Linda was going to be a memorable one. I've never had someone work so hard to get a deal on my services. First of all, she asked if I had any coupons available. I didn't. Next, she asked if she scheduled an appointment when I was already in her area, if I could reduce my rate. I couldn't. Then she asked if she could split it with a friend. You all know how I feel about working with friends. She then asked if she could just do half the session. Again, no. It wasn't looking good for Linda at this point, but way back in the day when I had a cancellation or just like a weird opening on my calendar, I'd throw it out on social media as a last minute hot deal. She waited months for one of these to come up and then she used half of a vacation day to save about $50. And you know what? No shame. I am all about saving money where it makes sense. 
But assuming her hourly rate at her job was more than $12.50 per hour, she took more in vacation hours than she saved on my services. This was my first clue. Anyway, I arrived at Linda's house, I got all set up, and we started talking about what she was struggling with. She told me that she wanted a much more minimalist wardrobe. She felt like she was literally drowning in clothes, and objectively, she did have a ton of stuff. It was way more than most of the clients that I ever worked with. I wouldn't say we were at hoarder level, but if there's like a pre-hoarding level, we were definitely there. So I asked about her shopping habits. Sometimes people with overstuffed closets have a shopping issue that needs to be dealt with first, right? It's not really about what's going on in the closet. It's more about what's going on in the head. And you will never get out from under wardrobe mountain if you don't stop adding things, right? But Linda said to me, oh, I hardly ever buy anything. I hate spending money on clothes. People just give me things. She said all of her friends and family knew that she doesn't like to buy clothes. So when they cleaned out their closets, they would just deliver bags of stuff right to her front door. She was like their own personal goodwill drop-off location. We talked a little bit more about that. And then, you know, she said she did sometimes buy clothes, but only from the clearance rack because she loved a good deal. She told me that she couldn't understand people who pay full price for things because if you wait until they're out of season, you can get things really cheap. She had a $15 limit for new clothes and a $30 to $40 limit for new shoes. Now, with clients like this, you can't just say, well, just stop taking hand-me-downs from your friends and build your wardrobe like an adult. Because where she was and where she thought she wanted to be were so far apart. That advice, even though it was accurate, would have fallen on deaf ears and made her really, really defensive. She wanted this effortless, minimal, easy-to-manage wardrobe, but those wardrobes are based on intention and being picky about every single piece. Me and Linda, we weren't there. We weren't even close. Most clients that I worked with could see where they wanted to be, and I could help them change like the little one or two things that would help them get there. It wasn't a big thing, but this was not that. We were like North and South Pole from where we were and where she wanted to be. So I did what I do, and I just started asking questions. I said things like, what do you like? What is your style? Show me your favorite outfit. Do you struggle to get dressed most days? I, I know the, all the answers, by the way, to some of these. If you were invited to a nice dinner tonight, what would you wear? And then I asked her to show me the 10 pieces in your closet that you value the most. Questions like that, that helped me sort of draw out some information from her, but also those questions are meant to plant seeds in, in the heads of my Lindas. And as we talked, I could tell she was starting to get it, that it wasn't necessarily that she was drowning in clothes, although she was, that was true. It was because she had no control over her wardrobe. And even though all of these things were free or really, quote unquote, good deals, they were actually making her life more difficult. Yes, she was saving money, but she was losing time and getting dressed was really, really stressful. At one point, I had her pull out some items that she loved so we could make outfits. This was interesting to me because all of the things that she loved were things she had purchased. They didn't randomly appear on her doorstep. So even though she had that $15 limit on them, she purchased things she at least liked. She 
purchased with a bit of intention. I pointed this out to her and she said she'd never thought about liking clothes or not. She just wore things that were there. Now, based on the fact that her favorite things in her closet were things that she purchased, I'm going to say that wasn't true, but whatever. Then I asked if she wore the things that she said were her favorite. And she said, most of them, no, because she had nothing to go with them. Most of these things still had tags on them. Then I asked her if she liked those pieces enough to invest more to be able to wear them and not $15 clearance deals, actual clothing pieces purchased with intention with price, not the determining factor. She really struggled with that one. Finally, I was like, listen, Linda, you will never make a cohesive wardrobe from hand-me-downs and clearance racks. You just won't. Your friends aren't handing you basics that are in great shape that will tie everything together. And those items don't end up on clearance racks either. Things on clearance racks are often kind of those out there colors or patterns that didn't go over well and items that just aren't staples in your wardrobe. I said, eventually you have to put some black pants and basic tops into this closet, regardless of how much they cost. And that one kind of hit her. I could see the light bulb go off. If she only had some of these basic things to tie everything together, so much of what she did have and what people had given her would be more usable. She wasn't totally ready to burn down Hand Me Down Mountain, but we got a step closer in understanding that to have a wardrobe you love, you might have to spend some money on it and buy with intention. In the end, we did a few things. We started with the pieces she loved as her wardrobe foundation, and we created a list of basics that she could purchase to make them wearable and would also make a lot of the hand-me-downs in her closet usable too. Then we tried to minimize her closet a little bit. Unsurprisingly, her mother, her mother-in-law, her two sisters, and her 10 friends weren't all the same size as she was, so she had a ton of simply unwearable clothing. She was around a size 10 or 12, but had everything from fours to 16s in her closet. We didn't have time to try on everything. We didn't even have time to try on the majority of it. So what we did is we just got rid of the most obvious offenders, the things that were the outliers that there's no way that those were going to work. I left her to try and everything from eights to 14s on her own, but we took out the fours, the sixes, the 16s, things that we just knew that weren't going to fit. That right there got rid of probably 30% of her wardrobe. Finally, I asked her just to pull out everything she simply did not like and would never, ever wear. That got rid of probably 20% of what was left. When I left her house, I felt like she could breathe a little bit easier. The clothes weren't crushing her so much. And I felt like she had a plan to get closer to the wardrobe that she wanted. She promised to stop taking hand-me-downs from friends and family, and I really hope she stuck with it. She did send me an email after we worked together telling me that I was worth every penny, which I gotta say, I think was pretty high praise indeed coming from this Linda. There are a few things I'd like you to take away from my time with Linda, and this one has a lot of lessons, so hang on. First, I know I've said this a million times, but you need to pick your priorities and then take the actions that are going to get you there. 
Clearly, Linda prioritized saving money, but when she called me, having a minimalist wardrobe was her priority. The actions that she was currently taking, like accepting everyone's cast-offs and not spending any more than $15, were not going to help her get to that minimalist wardrobe. She'd have to come up with a new action plan to get to that new priority. Whatever your priority is, it's fine, but make sure that your actions are going to get you there. Second, be very wary of other people's cast-offs. I call these things clothes that happen to you. In all my years of editing closets, I never heard, oh, I love this. It's a hand-me-down from my mother-in-law. Never, never, not once. Best case scenarios, these are the things that you feel ambivalent about and don't really want to wear, but you feel bad getting rid of them. Worst case scenario, like with Linda, they cloud your vision and make it difficult to see what you really have. You're better off choosing a few things you love to wear rather than just accepting what other people don't. Third, be doubly wary of clearance racks. At least hand-me-downs are free. I can't tell you how many clearance items with tags still on I've seen Linda's part with over the years. A $15 skirt you can't wear or don't want to wear is still a waste of $15. When you're in that clearance rack, ask yourself if you'd still love it if it was full price and what you would wear with it that you currently own, that is currently hanging in your closet right now. If you wouldn't love it at full price and you don't own anything to wear with it, you're staring at a bad deal. Put it back. Fourth, basics, basics, basics. I know that my capsule guides aren't full of 35 fun, crazy, trendy pieces. You know why? Because then you couldn't combine them with as many things and you couldn't reuse them season after season, year after year to pull in those new trendy things. Into every wardrobe, some basics must fall. If you can't get dressed, but you have a lot of stuff, I'd be willing to bet my kids allowance, not my own money, but my kids, it's because you don't have enough basics. Put your efforts there. Fifth and finally, focus on value, not price. I told you I asked Linda what her most valuable clothing items were, right? She couldn't tell me. Like she couldn't even understand the question. She kept saying, well, I, I paid more for this, so I guess this is valuable. And I kept saying, it's not about the price. What are the things in here that make you feel great, that make it easy to get dressed, and that you would miss if something happened to them? She just kind of stare at me blankly like this question was not registering at all. There are things in my closet that I have paid very little for, but they make me feel great. They make it easy to get dressed and I would for sure miss them if they were gone. Those purchases were really good deals. Then I have things that I've paid a lot for, but they make me feel great. They make it easy to get dressed and I would miss them if they were gone. Those are also good deals because those are the pieces that are valuable. Focus on building a valuable wardrobe regardless of price. All right, friends, that's it. We will be back next week with an interview about finding your purpose in life. I know that sounds like a heavy topic, but I think you're absolutely going to love our guest's approach to finding your own purpose. Don't forget to head to youreverydaystyle.com and grab your summer capsule guide. And I can't wait to meet you in the Facebook group. Have a great week, everybody, and I'll see you next time. Hey, friend, thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget to head over to the website for any links, downloads, or resources we talked about during the episode. Go to youreverydaystyle.com slash podcast and find the episode you're looking for. While you're there, make sure you sign up for our email list. 
You'll get a weekly style tip as well as links to my favorite product of the week to help make style even easier. It's an email you'll actually look forward to getting, so don't miss out. We'll see you next time. And until then, stay stylish.